This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Welcome in. It is a Monday. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green on 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This hour of the program brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. Jeremy's back from vacation. I'm back. And he's so happy that he could come home to the frozen tundra of western North Carolina. Ugh. It is disgustingly cold outside. It is. It is. I got in my car earlier when we were leaving the uh, the sportsocracy studio, the Wicked Weed studio over at Woodfin, and it said it was 37 degrees outside, and I think my thermometer's broken. Yeah, it's disgustingly cold. I was staring at the ocean this time yesterday, and now I'm there's it's snowing outside the window. Well, you know, I guess it could be worse. Uh, you could be living up in the northeast where they're getting two feet of snow right now. Yep. Won't do it. <laughs> Will not do it. And people wonder why Tom Brady is so happy to be living down in Tampa, Florida. I wonder if it's how Jared Goff feels right now. <laughs> Jared Goff feels the exact Jared opposite. Jared Goff. Who just he got, went from Southern California to shoe buddy. Yeah. Yeah. He literally just got transferred to Siberia. Uh, basically, yeah. But that's what happens. That's what happens when you hit on the boss's lady. Oh. <laughs> If you don't know what we're talking about, Google it, because we cannot share what was exactly said. Well, we won't share exactly what was said, but here's the gist of it. In apparently a players-only text thread, uh, he said that he liked the uh, head coach's girlfriend, who is fiancé now. Yeah, and three weeks later, gone! Banished to the frozen tundra. I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious how many people this caught off guard. Well, I mean, it caught a lot. It caught me off guard because here I was closing out the program on Friday talking about how, you know, I didn't understand why the L.A. Rams and the Philadelphia Eagles are talking smack about their quarterbacks, knowing that they're going to be tied to them for the foreseeable future because there was no way that they would be able to move on from either Carson Wentz or Jared Goff. And I was wrong. And then? A lot. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, when the news came out, I was kind of floored. Really? The Detroit Lions? But of all teams, I would expect the Detroit Lions to get in on, you know, four four years, $108 million or whatever it is of Jared Goff. Jared sure. Garf. We'll take that on. Why not? We're the Detroit Lions. You know a team wanted rid of a guy really bad when they're willing to eat $22 million. Oh, yeah. Which is exactly what the Rams just ate to get rid of. And had to send two ones with him. Mm-hmm. But it all kind of came out in the wash. I mean, Detroit was going to eat the dead money on Stafford. And L.A. ate the dead money on Goff. But yeah, then then they send two ones and a three. Along with said quarterback. You do realize why that's not as much as it sounds like, right? I feel like I've had to explain this to a lot of people. What, two first-round picks is a lot. Not really. Not when one of them is three drafts from now. (laughs) 
The Rams are, are are just going all in on. We don't ever need a draft pick ever. We don't need a not a first rounder. Do you realize they will have gone eight years without a first round draft pick? Mm-hmm. That's almost incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. But it works for them. It does until it doesn't. Well, I mean, they keep doing it. Oh, oh, I mean, they're going to keep kicking this can down the road to use one of your favorite sayings. Oh, yeah. They'll keep kicking this can down the road. And well, here's eventually the thing. As well, they should. To them. As well, they should. The biggest drawback of this team this year was uh, you don't have a quarterback. You're stuck with Jared Garf. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're not. Now you have an elite top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Yep. And I think this makes them the best team in the NFC. I'm baffled by the number of people on social media that are of the assumption that the Detroit Lions got the better of this I, deal. I've laughed at every one of them. It's ridiculous they, to You me. could have told me the Rams didn't get Stafford back, and I still think I would have thought the Rams were the better. Uh, it came out of the better end of this. <laughs> Just give Especially us- <laughs> after it came out that Jared Garf was making uh, nefarious comments about the uh, coach's lady. Yeah. Yeah, in a text thread, <laughs> which is never a smart thing. To no, do. But you know, yeah, it's weird that right there at the end, you know, the the confidence got shaken in uh, in old Jared Garf immediately after that happened. I think we, I think we can all agree greatest... he's not a good quarterback, right? Jared Garf, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's okay. I don't know that I can go with okay. Really? No. Okay. I want you to think about the fact that he has been playing with Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. He had Brandon Cooks, mm-hmm. Cooper, Cooper Cup, uh, Gerald Everett, mm-hmm. Tyler, Tyler Higby. Higby. That's I couldn't think of his name. That's a lot of weapons. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to Detroit to play with me. <laughs> with TJ Hawkins. Yeah, that's that's, that's the one. Because yeah. they're going to lose Galladay for mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Marvin Jones is gone. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a whole lot of Danny Amendola. Yeah, I think he's retiring, isn't he? Probably. I think it's time. Dan- Danny Amendola has a uh, uh, he has a hobby that will sustain him nicely in retirement. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about? Uh, Google it. Literally, I think it's the first thing that comes up when you see Danny Amendola. You, if you Google Danny Amendola, I think what I'm talking about is the first thing that His comes up. His track record? Yeah, yeah he's, it, yeah, he's it, it, it hasn't been terrible for him. No. No, he's got a he's got a very good track record, and uh, you know he's got a he's got a football opinion that I will uh, that I will say yeah I'll, I'll respect his opinion. So today when he said that you know Tom Brady is the Patriot way, and that forever when you think of the Patriot way, years down the road you will not think Bill Belichick, you will think Tom Brady. Can I just say that I was the first one that led the charge off the <laughs> yes. Belichick boat? Yes, you can. I am telling you, that thing is taking on water aggressively. Everybody's jumping ship. Do you understand that Matthew Stafford looked at the Detroit Lions and said, you can trade me to any team in the NFL Mm -hmm. except that one? Yep. I don't want to go to New England. Because he probably heard all the stories from Danny Amendola. (laughs) Do you understand? He looked at the Houston Texans and went, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Just don't send me to New England. Mm Mm-hmm. That is everything I have been saying on this show pretty much since the day we got here. Right. Yeah, and go. you don't want to go to a horrible franchise that has no weapons. But it, it's not about and, that. See, you're, you're missing the point. You said the, you said the yeah. same thing this morning. You think it's all about Bill. It's all about Bill. Okay. Because I want you to think about, okay, I'm good with the Texans. 
I'm good with the Bears, who have no receivers. Allen Robinson's After a free Alan agent, Robinson's and I'm going to say I highly <laughs> doubt he's coming back. Right. He'll be in Miami. Or the Jets. You, uh, you, you think y'all are getting everybody. No, I do think that there's a... There's a link with Allen Robinson that I actually do believe that one. Okay. It's Rob Salah. They were apparently real good friends when they were in Jacksonville together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. I mean, think about this. Think about how many bad teams there are in the NFL. Absolutely. And Matt Stafford went, I'm good with that. I'll play for any of them. Because he's already played for the Lions. It can't get any worse. You want to know the most mind-boggling part of the Stafford talk? Have you seen First of all, i got to give it to, I think it's Albert Breer. Mm-hmm. That figured out what every team offered for Matthew Stafford. Have you seen this article on, on SI? I have not. I've seen some breakdowns of what was offered, but not the full so list. So the teams that were in were the Washington football team, mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, the Denver Broncos were they they were they dipped their toe in. Mm-hmm. The Jets, Bears, and and Patriots all made a call but never really got involved. Mm -hmm. The Panthers offered the eighth pick in this draft. Yes. I I swear to you, they couldn't have gotten that out of their mouth fast enough before I went, you said it. Verbal contract, binding. (laughs) He's already on a plane. You cannot back out now. We have already put him on a plane. Right. That's the part of this that doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. I look at it from the lion's point of view and go, okay, I understand you're bad. I, I get that you're bad and you're trying to be real bad to have, to, to get Sam Howell in next year's draft because next year is a one quarterback draft. Mm-hmm. But why would you take on all this money for Jared Garf? <laughs> the deal hasn't even started yet. Cause this way you can bring in Darnold. You don't have to start him right away. No, no, no. Sam Howell, wrong or Sam. Whatever. You're not getting Darnold. I'm sorry. I, he's way better. But, but the point is that. Sam Howell starting day one. When you get the number one pick next year, now you just have this albatross of a contract. And what did you actually get for it? You'll see they're hoping he'll have a decent year and maybe they can flip him. Goff? Yeah. I don't care if Goff comes out and throws for 5,000 yards. There's not a team in the NFL that's going to... I would well, wager... If he threw for 5,000 yards with no weapons, you'd be like, hey, we'll take that uh, chance. Uh, Jameis Winston did it. And he can't get a job. With no weapons, yeah, Come it's on. still five thousand yards. He threw thirty interceptions. <laughs> I get it, I get it, but you can't say he didn't have any. Weapons. I'm just telling you, every GM in the NFL right now is laughing at the Detroit Lions. Like, what in the world are you thinking? You can't take on deals like this. That's exactly what I what I thought when I saw this yesterday. I, the, the number of people that have said, "Oh, the Lions won," that you're out Mm-mm. of your mind. Not even close. You took on the most, it, I, what I have called the most untradeable asset in professional sports. Mm-hmm. You traded for that. And your reward for that was two first round picks that are going to be in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Cool. I just love the fact that the, the, the Rams apparently reached out to the Packers about wanting to trade, uh, for, trade for Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Yeah. Hey, uh, I mean, just, you shoot know what? for the stars. Shoot hey. for the stars. If I if I've learned anything about Sean McVay, it's you miss one hundred percent of the shots you do not take. So I, I'm pretty sure he has he wears that on undershirts everywhere he goes. Maybe so. You will miss every time you don't swing. I promise you that. So we're gonna go after Aaron Rodgers and see if we can saddle Green Bay with Jared Garf. 
I mean, I have to give the Rams credit. This is this is next level kind of stuff. Yeah, it is. But now their bad is going to be horrendous. Who the Rams? Yes. When they when the, when this can has official when you've gotten to the end of the road. Oh yeah. As boys to men so once once so elegantly mm-hmm, said, mm-hmm. the end of that road is going to be very scary. All right, because there's going to be a point where you're going to reach it, and it's and and here's the thing with Matt Stafford. I mean, I really believe this was this was the all in play was let's get to a Super Bowl, win one hopefully in the next three years. Because, that's the objective, right? Because in those in those three years, that's when the 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 cliff comes, because you don't have any picks, and then you're going to have all of these guys that you have traded that need big contracts, and it's it's like a never ending cycle. You're I, not going to be able to afford them, and then you're not going to have the picks to be able to back it up. Th- this is all you need to know about the the Rams' current situation. They are thirty million dollars over the salary cap. With eleven players that make that more than two and a quarter million dollars, mm-hmm. think about what I just said. They have a thirty-five, twenty-seven, twenty-two, fourteen and a half, fourteen, eleven and a quarter, and then two nine-ish million-dollar cap hits. That includes Garf because they're going to have to pay a considerable amount of that in the next mm-hmm. twelve months. This is the thinnest team in the history of the NFL. You have gone eight. By the time this is all said and done, you will have gone eight years without a first round pick. Mm-hmm. So you have you. This is the definition of pushing your chips to the middle of the table. And I will say this: what nobody has talked about is the football side of this. I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, how are they going to protect him?" It doesn't matter mm-hmm. because you can't blitz him. He has one of the biggest arms in the NFL. He now has Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Van Jefferson, with Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, and a. Real good young running back in the backfield that I told you about last year. Mm-hmm. In spite of the fact three teams <laughs> took running backs ahead of him, and I still don't understand that. And it took uh, eight games for him to get going, but uh, you know, yeah, that's fine. They just uh, they knew what they had, right? He th- this is a very talented offense. Yes, and on the defense, you have two of the four best defensive players in the game. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this is this is all in. And Sean McVay is one of those coaches that plays chestnut checkers. He's very very bright. And he's going to schematically find a way to use that howitzer of an arm that he has never had before. Sean McVay's never had a quarterback like this in his entire time in the NFL. Right. And I think that's the part of this that's being undersold. Is think about how good Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were with a mediocre quarterback. How good do you think that gets when you have an elite quarterback? And yes, Matthew Stafford is elite, and no, that is not debatable. Especially at the downfield passes, down the field passes. This is a guy that has spent the vast majority of his career with Golden Tate Mm -hmm. and 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 guys of that ilk. Right, got it right that time. (laughs) Good job. I'm proud of you. And people say, "Oh, he had Kenny Galladay." Kenny Galladay has been hurt, I think, since the first time I ever heard his name. Mm -hmm. He completely tapped out on this year because he was going into free agency. Right. This is a guy that has had no support whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And now you're putting him in Southern California, which is where he lives. And yes, there is a, that, that is a big deal where he is comfortable and he has all these toys. Mm-hmm. I, to me, the Rams are easily the best team in the NFC going into next year. Who, who's better? Yeah. I see that look on your face. Yeah. You want to say Tampa Bay because they're in the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah, your quarterback's also going to qualify for AARP by this time next year. Hey, that's all right. 
That's I, all right. I guarantee you, you he's already you getting the letters your old in the mail. Man shots. The old man's in the Super Bowl, man. Yeah, he's already getting his AARP letters See, the, in the mail. But here's the and here's the thing for me is that you know the expectation is immediately there. The expectation is immediately there for Matt Stafford to win. He has no excuse anymore. You have remu- removed all of his excuses because the excuse was, you know, he hasn't won a playoff game. Okay, well, he's been in Detroit. Yeah, well, neither, now there's no neither excuse. Did Barry Sanders uh, or Calvin right. Johnson. Right. But that's the thing. Now there is no excuse. Now he's going to be in L.A. Now he's going to have the best defense. He's going to have, uh, you know, wonderful offensive weapons. Van Jefferson, the, you know, the young wide receiver that they have coming up. I, I mean, it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. And next year, when they're facing down the defending Super Bowl champions in the NFC Championship game, <laughs> it's all gonna the chickens are gonna come home to roost. That's if that's if Brady can get the the, the bottom of his Walker put new tennis balls on because he's gonna require those. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm taking he's shots. Gonna, he's gonna I, break. He's gonna break between now and then. I I didn't necessarily say Keep that. Him. I just said Hayden. Yeah. How many 44 year old quarterbacks have ever been real good? Uh, there's one. Yeah, it's about it's the same number of forty uh, three year old quarterbacks that have ever been <laughs> exactly. good. Exactly, I, I get it. <laughs> exactly. I just That's good. Uh, I'm ready for this ride to be over. I've been back for uh, less than twenty four hours, and the Tampa Bay fandom from the other side of this desk is already starting to get on my nerves. Oh, today was media day, and Tom saying all the right things in the uh, in the press conference, just you know, taking it one inch at a time. It was virtual media day. Don't call this media day. <laughs> this does not count. It was it was pretty awful. But like everything, they're gonna make you care, Jeremy. <laughs> I just want to keep reminding you that's yeah. the lie of the year of twenty twenty. Yeah, that that, that take did they not won't age make well. me care. That take did not age well. They may make you care when there are no conference championships in college basketball this this year. Oh, 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 about that. Yeah, coming up after the break, right here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Market analysis. Here we go. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer, and I can't get this song out of my head for some reason. I, I I've never heard this. You've song. never heard this. Song. I don't think I have. I heard. I've been hearing it on the radio. Like Star one hundred four point three plays it all the time, and it's like I don't know. It's infectious. It's one of those infectious songs. I have realized I have officially gotten to the age where all the uh, the, the 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 music the kids listen to is just noise <laughs> to me. It's one of the old things about me. I see. That's what. That's why you're sticking with your country music. Uh, I have not turned on a an actual music channel in my car in probably three years. Mm-hmm. I listen to nothing but sports talk mm. or the sound my car makes as I'm driving down the road when I get annoyed at sports talk. <laughs> you just turn it off and ride in silence yes. and grind your teeth. Yeah, as that, that is my way of getting back at the radio. Like when all the talking heads start talking about uh, the you know the possibility that college basketball programs will be pulling out of their conference tournaments. Now, I will ask you, I, I will say this. I agree with, I believe it was Adam Gold was saying this earlier today, that there will be some. Oh, 100%. Uh, there will be some, but and I want to ask you this question. How many do you think there will be, Jeremy, and why will Kentucky be among them? <laughs> <laughs> 
I will go out on a limb and say I don't really like the chances of conference tournaments happening at all. Mm-mm. I, and I've thought that for a while. Mm-hmm. And here's why: it's and it's not the reason that you think. So a team, let's Gonzaga. What reason do they have to play in a conference tournament? True, none. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing you're doing is adding the risk that you you do something that will complicate your trip in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So why would you do that? There's like 15 teams that could possibly benefit from a conference tournament. I'm not saying a seed couldn't change. In terms of getting in, it is better to get in as a 10 seed or a 9 or whatever the case may be than risk losing your best player because they contract Rona. Right. And I think there will be teams that look at it and go, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. I mean, I'm looking at the top 25 right now. I don't see a path that any of those teams play in a conference tournament. None of them, because why would you do it? Mm-hmm. I mean, the last—it's <laughs> been a fun year in college basketball. <laughs> I just realized Drake is twenty-fifth in both polls. Yep. Yikes! I mean, they're undefeated. I couldn't quite figure out why Florida State didn't fall further losing to Georgia Tech until I realized that twenty-five in both polls is Drake, <laughs> who I thought was a really annoying Canadian rapper, and it might have been Winthrop had it not been for them UNC Asheville Bulldogs. We got to give them a shout out for beating Winthrop over the weekend, snapping the longest winning streak in college basketball. UNC Asheville men's basketball team was Dickie V's team of the day the other day. Indeed, for beating Winthrop. I do see, and, and I know Roy, and I agree with Roy. You know that there's uh, what he said. I, I can't remember it verbatim, but basically, if you're opting out, it's just glorified quitting. Yeah, you quit on your team. You quit on your season. Well, and and I I don't disagree with that. If you have a reason to be playing, mm-hmm. and Which this the Tar Heels what, do. There you go. <laughs> the Tar Heels got a reason to be uh, to be involved in this thing. Correct. Um, and you know, I think as far as seeding, but you don't think, you don't think seeding will matter to anybody this year. It's just not by comparison. So like, you know, while there will be seeding to at play in the ACC, you know, with Virginia tech, just beating Virginia and, you know, Mm -hmm. the Florida states there and, you know, Carolina's trying to make their scrappy little comeback. Mm -hmm. Um, there's going to be fight for seeding. And and it's it's kind of hard to have this discussion a month out. Mm-hmm. But let's use the ACC for an example. Mm-hmm. So right now in the ACC, you've got Virginia, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Florida State that I think are definitively in. Yeah. I would say Louisville probably joins them. Mm-hmm. Clemson's trying to find their way out. <laughs> they can't. Let's be really honest. I mean, I, and I would say Carolina's probably in mm-hmm. pretty safely. And then what? You, you get to Duke. Mm-hmm. I hate to break your hearts, Duke fans. But you, first of all, your schedule is ugly. Second of all, you're not very good. So, I mean, I understand what you did to Clemson. Uh, Florida State did the same thing seven days beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that I would cling to that. So I guess what I'm saying here is you've got Virginia, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Carolina, Louisville, uh I'm not even going to put Clemson in that. You've got those five that there's nothing for them to play for. And you've got 16 teams that are going to be in this tournament. With the with the requirements and the testing and all these things being as strict as it still is, there's no benefit to that. You know, let's say I'm trying to think of a if Florida State has so many players that it doesn't really matter. Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Why would you subject him to that? Right. The only thing that could possibly happen is you come up maybe a seed. 
So you go from a four to a three mm-hmm. or a five to a four or whatever the case may be. You could also lose your best player if he contracts this with 16 teams and all the coaches and all. So, yeah, I think there will be teams that go, no, we don't want to do that. And then you have the opposite side of Miami, Boston College, Wake Forest, Notre Dame. You're not going anywhere. You're four games under 500 in conference play. Short of you winning this thing, it doesn't mean anything. It's not like you're the, the experience. There's going to be 150, 200 people in the building. This is not exactly a learn the vibe of an ACC tournament. It's going to be exactly the same as every other game you've played. So I, I do think the conference tournaments are in trouble. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I think especially at the lower levels, you have to have the college. You have to have the conference tournament. I, because see, that's how I, you decide see, who gets into the tournament. Well, and see, for me, that's always been stupid. I, I'm going to mm-hmm. be really honest. That has always been one of the dumbest things in sports is that you have a 30-game season, and then we determine which one of you goes to the tournament based on three days of that. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense to me. And I love the conference tournaments. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite times of the year. It always happens right around my birthday. It's always a fun trip to take, You know, whether it's to Greensboro or Atlanta or Charlotte. Right. I, I love the tournament. I love the, the pageantry of it, we'll say. But the premise of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've always agreed with that, but, but there's something about that catching fire that, you know, that team that has no reason to be in the discussion for making the tournament has something to fight for mm-hmm. in the conference tournament. I've always loved that about smaller conference tournaments. And here's the thing. They start what in three weeks? Yeah. Three weeks. Those smaller conferences, you know, they wrap up their schedule. And jump into the conference and tournaments. Now, and, and like I said, I, I think some of those smaller schools that are in smaller conferences like that, mm-hmm. they might find a way. It's going to be really expensive is another thing to think about here. Yep. You're going to have a but, lot of expense in keeping everything, quote unquote, safe. Right. And I would agree with that. But what kills me is that I have not, there, there are no plans. Like I'm, I, I'm not hearing any plans for what, what, what's going to happen. Like you're going to change the structure of these conference tournaments and have them play road games and split it up, day you know, and have these teams travel back and forth. You're going to gather everybody together. I mean, just going off the Big South, the Big South still, ha- you know, since I cover the UNC Asheville games, they're the team that I'm the smallest conference that I'm up to speed on. As far as I know, the schedule is still in place to run that tournament as normal. The higher seeds will play at home in the first round, and then the team that gets the uh, the number one seed will host the next two rounds, and then you have that in le- uh, in case the top seed loses, the there's a day in between the semifinals or the finals and the or the semifinals and the finals. This is to the go most to the confusing explanation Stop. in the history <laughs> Stop of time. It. I'm getting there, but. I think you could there have explained no, quantum physics to me uh, and I may, been more succinct about uh, it. I may be able to. Uh, <laughs> but there is no change right now in the format of that tournament. And I would think two or three weeks out, you would be hearing something about uh, who, we're going to do this the right, you know, we're going to do this the normal way or they're going to change. Who coordinates these things? The conferences. Uh, yeah, but who's the, uh, what is the governing branch over them all? 
It's the NCAA. The NCAA. Yeah. Uh, who's shocked that they don't have a plan? <laughs> you do realize that Florida State and, and Boston College play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many players Boston College has total? No clue. It's four. They have That's four. Nice. They have four scholarship players. It well, is four scholarship players and six walk-offs. I don't think they're going to be playing. Oh, no, they're going to play the game. Because Florida State's already made the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, or maybe it's the other way around. Whichever team is traveling has already traveled. Right. That game will happen. It's probably not going to be real pretty. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the more of those you see, the, the more of these teams, and I keep going back to Gonzaga, all right, so you're going to play in the West Coast for what purpose? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you do that? And then if you take Gonzaga out, at what point does the NCAA step in and say, all right, so how are we going to do this? If we have the tournament and the team that's definitively getting in is not playing, then why would we give you an automatic berth for winning? That's another pro- that's problem of this that nobody has talked about that I've heard. Right. I mean, what are you going to do? Give Pepperdine an, an automatic bid because they beat St. Mary's? Uh, sure. I don't believe you will. <laughs> because eventually you're going to run out of spots. Now, see, that's an interesting thought as well. Mm-hmm. I've been saying that for a month. Mm-hmm. Because this this tournament not playing it thing came up, and the more and more I started thinking about it, I was like, everybody's worried about the lower level teams not playing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really matter. It, the, there's it doesn't even matter to them. It does it though. I mean, let's be really <laughs> honest. On. Boston College has four players. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking about the like the bottom of the Power Five oh, conferences. Okay, okay, that's what everybody's talked about. Is these teams that have nothing to play for? You know, a team like Notre Dame that's going to be going into this tournament at nine and. 20 mm-hmm. or, or whatever their record is. That's what I keep hearing about. That's not really the part that I think you should be focusing on. Because if you don't have these high end teams, you're not going to have these tournaments. If the Virginias and Virginia Techs and Florida State, the, the teams that are definitively in, you only have so many berths. And by the way, I, I, I have to say this. Can we stop with Joe Lenardi's, well, what if we had 16 teams? <laughs> or what if we had 47 teams? The many shades of the bracketology. Or what if we had 211 teams? That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, it's 68. It's always been 68. It will continue to be 68. Please stop that. Yeah, we're playing into the uh, Joe Lenardi's biggest fantasies here. Yeah, uh, it, he just gets to play numbers all it, day long. And I click on that button. I just want to see who you've got in the tournament. That's all I care about. <laughs> I don't care what would happen if there's 16 teams. I can figure it out. I understand math. <laughs> but you wouldn't know who would make a 223-team tournament. And, can't enforce this enough, would not care. <laughs> now, is that really fair? Not my favorite word. Not a big fan of what's fair. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. We had a couple of big moments last night in wrestling. It was Royal Rumble last night, and Asheville's own Edge ends up winning the Royal Rumble. 11 years since the last time he did it. Now he gets to he gets to get the shot at the title coming up at WrestleMania. So he gets to he, he gets the headline again. The mayor from across the uh, across the mountains over there in Knox County. Glenn Jacobs, he made his return to the ring as Kane, which I thought was interesting. They had a lot of old names involved in this. Like Hurricane Helms showed up at one point. Do you even know who that is? Uh, didn't he used to be a pitcher for the Indians? <laughs> 
know he was a boxer. Remember they made the movie about? Oh it? yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no that's that Hurricane. Oh, what was his last name? That's going to bog. Carter. Carter. There yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. No, Hurricane Shane Shane Helms showed up. At one point, uh, Rey Mysterio was in the in the Royal Rumble. I didn't realize he was still wrestling. Um, there were a lot of old older names involved in this, and where I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise me as much as Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair stuck around, but still, there were a lot of older guys uh, involved in last night's shenanigans uh, over at the uh, Royal Rumble, but I did think it was pretty cool that uh, Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs made his return to the ring as Kane and his uh, entry fee, whatever, he's going to be donating to local Knox County schools. So he made it, he made, got to make his appearance on, uh, on a pay-per-view again, and the kids are going to benefit. Tank's been a lot of last week uh, campaigning for Jason Witten to get the head coaching job at Tennessee. Yes, well, I did. it worked, kind of. Former Dallas Cowboy tight end Jason Witten has been named the head football coach at Liberty Christian in Argyle, Texas. He did get a head coaching job. It's just at a high school, which makes a lot more sense than his first foray into coaching being at Tennessee. <laughs> I knew he was going to be a coach. Tennessee, you missed your you missed your chance. That's okay. They hired Josh Heupel, who looks like he could have played. Yeah, that's in. right. Jason Witten will be able to get the Tennessee job in two years. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no good can come from what I'm about to say. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, his his brother's a head coach in Elizabethton, Tennessee, and now Jason Witten going to be coaching in high school ball. You got Philip Rivers coaching in high school mm-hmm. ball next year. This is uh this is getting fun. See, now we're getting to the point where. We're finding we're finding out who the coaches are, who the coaches are among the current players. Like, is there a guy right now in the NFL you look at and go, "Yeah, he's definitely going to be a coach one day"? In the current NFL, mm-hmm. no, because usually they're backup quarterbacks, and on the spot, I cannot think of one of those. <laughs> I always thought Greg McElroy would have made a Nick good Foles. Coach. Nick Foles is going to be a- <laughs> nope. Looks too much like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Real hard to win the. Uh, Hard to win the press conference when everybody's waiting for you to go, give me some of your tots. <laughs> I mean, Luke Keekley, obviously, he made the quick jump. Yes. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's now, what, a scout for the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. He'll probably be elevated within that uh, organization here pretty soon to a coaching position. If there is a guy uh, who turns out to be a coach, or I'm not going to be shocked to hear that he turns out to be a coach. It's going to be the guy who retired today from the uh, Boston Red Sox, Dustin Pedroia. Tell me he doesn't scream 50-year-old angry manager on the baseball field. You know what my first reaction was when I saw that Dustin Pedroia retired? <laughs> what, didn't he retire? Didn't he do that four years ago? Because <laughs> he hasn't played a game in a yeah. long time. Yeah, theoretically. Theoretically, he retired. A couple of years so ago. Now, I have to ask, and this is a stupid question that probably nobody but me has thought about. Mm-hmm. So does that mean he has to wait five more years to be on the ballot? Yes. And because baseball. that's <laughs> So that's dumb. He hadn't played a game in three years. Well, he but he was on the roster. See, that's the thing. Like He was still collecting a paycheck. He was still on the roster. He was playing in like minor league games trying to trying to make a comeback. And every time he tried he'd have another setback in the injury. He never was the same after he took that shot from Manny Machado. I I think we could have made an exception. 
he hasn't played in a game in three years. <laughs> oh, he was on the roster. I I don't care. Right. It, it just doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in a uniform. It's not like they could put him in the game. No. He was in the dugout a lot, though. I mean, he was basically a glorified bench coach when he was there. And then he wasn't there at all last oh, year. because your, of the, your sport is so frustrating to me. What? What is that? Why is that so frustrating? And now we have a minor league team named the Sock Puppets. Which... Oh, the Sock Puppets. I love it. The Burlington Royals are now going to be the Burlington Sock Puppets. Why? Why? Why do we do? Why? Why do we do this? Because because uh, we're talking about it. That's why they did it. But it's 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 ridiculous. Well, their it, mascot is a sock puppet. It has to be a ridiculous name because it's a ridiculous league. I mean, think about it. At at every level, the names get dumber and dumber, right? You I got did. the major leagues that are you know normal names, and then you go lower in the minor leagues, and they get a little freakier. And now the the Appalachian League, who the Burlington Royals were a part of, it's not going to exist the same way anymore. It's no longer in the minor leagues. They're in the College Wood Bat League. They're in the what? Yeah. It's College Wood Bat League. That's what the Appalachian League is now. I, you know, we, we don't talk about baseball a lot on this show. <laughs> and, and every once in a while it comes up and you tell me things like that. Mm-hmm. Why does why does baseball have to make it harder? What do you why mean? do you have so many things? Like, like just minor leagues, major leagues, right? But the but, but. simple. <laughs> okay, I don't know because in college you use the 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 little aluminum bats, and so in the summers and the off seasons the college guys get together for the wood bat league, so they'll be ready to make the transition. Over to the pros. And so that's what the Appalachian League is now. It's another thing that frustrates me about baseball. You use an aluminum bat until you get to where you're going. That makes absolutely no sense. (laughs) That would be like the NFL saying, you can use a good new helmet until you get to the NFL, and now we're going to put a pillow on your head. (laughs) Uh, That just doesn't make any sense. High school basketball using trampolines. Yeah, or high school basketball using a uh, like a a, a a child's ball, and then you get to the NBA, and now you have to shoot with you know, the official ball. Right, right. You got those little balls that you use at the carnival. Everything you tell me makes it easier and easier for me to just go. You know what? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I love the fact that they went with uh, they went with two mascots, so they've got two sock puppets, and one of them is like the new hip. Cool sock. Is that the one with his hat turned around? Yeah, backwards? he's got shades yeah, I, I on. I noticed that. He's got the hat on backwards, and then there's the other one that's like the buttoned up old school baseball guy. He's got his hat turned properly and stirrup. He's got a stirrup on. Did you ever wear stirrups? What do you think? <laughs> you played baseball. I want to know if 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 you were in the generation that still had stirrups. First of all, I played baseball for a very short period of time. Oh, okay. I thought you played it most of your childhood and then gave it up. No, I played it for a few years and then went, nope, uh, <laughs> not a fan of this. See, because I had two speeds, uh, ground out, yep. which was pretty often, yep. or hit one four billion yards. Gotcha. Or feet or whatever distance. Okay. I was one of those. I, I only wanted to hit home runs. I, I didn't see the betterment of the sacrifice squeeze or anything like that. 
Hmm. Plus, defensively at my size, there were some limitations. Yeah. I was one of those kids that they went, okay, he can catch or play first base. Uh, I don't think he could do anything else. Right. Yeah, I like it. I like it the, because the, they're tying it all into Burlington used to be a big uh, textile town. And they were known, apparently, at one point as the hosiery capital of the South. And So, so they made so, socks. So, so your solution of giving credence to that is sock puppets. Sock puppets, yeah, because what else are you going to be? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be like... Well, there's already a baseball team named the Spanners. This see, this makes me very appreciative of of the Asheville Tourists because mm-hmm. that's a team name that makes sense. Yep, because we have a, a, a lot, lot of tourists, them. a lot of them. That, yes, that makes sense. I understand that. I still miss the Moonshiners, but uh, actually, I wish I'd have been alive for the Moonshiners. I was but about to say, I don't remember that. No, this was long before they settled on the tourists back in the 50s they were the moonshiners i will say uh patrick holtz and us uh, i posted the the new uh branding for the burlington sock puppets on our facebook at the sportsocracy mm-hmm. and he sent me one that is the monster the montgomery biscuits yeah that's a good one do you know what their mascot is yeah it's a biscuit no their mascot is a stick of butter i can at least get behind that it's a stick of butter yeah, their 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 mascot is a stick of butter. Well, their logo used to be a biscuit with its mouth open. It is, but their mascot yeah. is a stick of butter. Oh, okay. So they don't have a biscuit that walks around. That's awesome. Mm-mm. All right. I mean, the butter, it, the biscuit really is a delivery system for the butter or the jelly. I'm not allowed to or... eat biscuits at this point because I ate enough seafood to kill three or four people over the course of the last five days well you should have i'm i'm proud of you for that i'm I'm telling you we went to a restaurant that had this it was a platter Mm -hmm. of seafood i have determined that there is an animal that i hate more than the squirrel or the bird okay and it's the crawfish because that (laughs) is the most disgusting thing i've ever put in my mouth and it is not close come on that is what. Why do people do that? To Was themselves? it fishy? Too fishy? I mean, that's a way to say it. Mm-hmm. And listening to the guy explain to me how I'm supposed to eat it was one of the most revolting things I've ever heard in my life. Right. There was a caviar term in there somewhere that was really unsettling to me. There was nothing about that caviar. I've had caviar. Caviar is lovely. This was not that. Right. So don't do that. But I did eat about 14 pounds of crab legs, and I'm a little worried that we're back to square one with the old diet. Uh, I mean, it depends on how much drawn butter you t- you intook. Uh, there was there was some of that. Yeah, see, that's that's the problem. See, and the that's bad the- thing is that I'm on vacation. <laughs> see, now the, the football season ends in six days. Mm-hmm. So mm. now this is like prime vacation time for me. So I have vacations planned all the way up until we start playing football again. So when is the diet supposed to actually take hold? <laughs> you got to have some willpower. I'm you good gotta, for two. Th- plan for travel. That's not going to happen. Oh, I understand. I mean, I have tra- I have two more trips planned back to the beach. I have another one to Las Vegas. 
what about any of those things really screams Jeremy's going to control himself quite nicely. Now listen, Vegas, you could be a healthy experience in Vegas. I'm sure they've got vegan bars that you can go to or, you know. You see how you're laughing before this even gets out of your mouth? Shots of, you know, wheat grass and stuff like that. There will be shots. It will not be (laughs) vegan. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. We got green on green. It's back. He's back. I didn't give picks while you were gone because I had figured what was the use in doing that. I, I heard I heard that you gave a monkey knife fight. Pick. And it was horrible. And it was, <laughs> I, I, literally, I was listening on the sand and went, that's not good. Don't do that. <laughs> that's why I prefaced it with, do not play this, but I'm going to use the slot anyway. Green on green's next. Pernicious. Adjective. Having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wickenweed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wickedweed Brewing, the official craft beer of Furman Athletics. Drink different, drink responsibly. Coffee's the closers only. Get him the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the money. Welcome back into the sports tank. ESPN Asheville 92.9, 880, and 1400. Let's be really honest. Last week was not a banner week for me picking games. I was 3-7 and seven against the spread last week, which is not good. But I have four picks in the NBA tonight, and I feel great about all of them. Last month, in the month of January, if you had bet every Moneyline dog across the whole month, you would have made almost three grand, which means it's time to bring back my favorite thing. Underdog, 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 underdog. Speed of lightning, roar of thunder. I got four dogs for you in the NBA tonight. The first one, the Charlotte Hornets are a six-point dog to the Miami Heat. Miami's not good. I don't know what is going on with this team, but it's not pretty. I think Charlotte's a little bit of an overachieving team, and being in a smaller media market, Vegas doesn't put as much attention on them. I had this as a a two-and-a-half-point Miami lean. Anytime I'm getting three-and-a-half extra points, I'm going to take it. Give me the Charlotte Hornets plus six. Next up, the Minnesota Timberwolves are a five-point dog to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I can't figure out this team to save my life. The Cavaliers beat good teams, lose to bad teams. Well, what are the Minnesota Timberwolves? Bad team. A bad team. Give me the Timberwolves plus the five. The New York Knicks are a three-and-a-half-point dog to the Chicago Bulls tonight. This is a young team, and I do like this Bulls team. However... I don't have the foggiest of a clue who is supposed to defend Julius Randle because this team doesn't defend anybody. It's like the, the ghost of Tom Thibodeau is is hanging in the rafters <laughs> and they're not allowed to play defense anymore. Right. Well, guess what? Guess who's coming to town tonight? Former coach Tom Thibodeau, who is now the coach of the Knicks. I, this is one of my favorite plays of the week, or, or of the last week. The Knicks plus three and a half. Finally, the Sacramento Kings are a three-point dog tonight to the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm going to level with you. Unless Lonzo Ball is going to have another night like he had against Milwaukee on Saturday night, I don't believe the Pelicans should be a three-point favorite against anybody. This team looks disjointed. I get the better point guard in De'Aaron Fox, and Lonzo Ball has to guard him. That makes me love the Kings taking the three. Go and do likewise, gents. 
money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. See, you do that so much better than I do. <laughs> what give picks? Yeah, yeah. It's not your forte. It's not at all. Um, I wish I could strike last week from my record for the year because I was. I'm not gonna lie to you. There was a there was a little. Hey, I know the beach is coming. Right, man. Today is a rough day. It's been a rough day for me because not only did one of my favorite all time baseball players retire from the game, but we found out that Screech passed away. Dustin Diamond of Saved by the Bell fame passed away just three weeks after he was diagnosed with cancer, 44 years old. And the description of how this disease developed by his team is incredible. It said uh, in, in three weeks, the cancer managed to spread rapidly throughout his system. The only mercy it exhibited was its sharp and swift execution. They say he did not suffer, which is a good thing, but, man, that's a little piece of all our childhoods. Yes, yeah, Saved by the Bell was one of my favorite shows growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's very sad, you know. Yeah. Oh, anyway, we got six days to the Super Bowl. Six days! And Jeremy has to, you're going to have to convince me. you got to talk me off the ledge. I'm going to see if you can talk me off the ledge. Up next, right here on ESPN Asheville. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400, and everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, six days to the Super Bowl, and I'm getting real, real excited. Jeremy, you're going to have to talk me off the ledge here. This hour of the program brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing, wickedweedbrewing.com. Drink different. I'm buying in. The closer and closer we get, I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm I'm going full full fan here, and we all know. Uh oh, tanks never going fanboy. Fan. <laughs> tanks going fanboy. Uh, <laughs> you just got to keep reminding me, keep reminding me of uh, of 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 the challenges that await. Uh, Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Should I keep going? Because there's a lot of challenge. There is. There is a lot of challenge. I can't wait for the game, but uh, yeah, with. All of the Tom Brady mystique going on with this Super Bowl. I'm hearing a lot of people that are on the Bucks side to win this thing. And it's making me believe it. Am I wrong? I mean, you are to me. But that's it's really not a Brady-Mahomes thing to me. Okay, We know the offenses are good. The mm-hmm. question is whose defense can stop the other one. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a defense on planet Earth that can stop the Kansas City Chiefs. And I keep thinking about, didn't we do this one time before? And didn't Tyreek Hill have one of the best days in NFL history? Yes, he did. And you know what that tells me? You're going to overreact. And you're going to try to shade Tyreek Hill, and it's going to be somebody else that's going to have a day 
Because that's how cover two defenses work. Well, do you think they? Uh, here's the thing: Did Tyreek Hill give up in the second half of what, that game? What do, you, what do you mean? Did Tyreek Hill give up in the second half of that game against Tampa? He had he had had such a great first half. Mm-hmm. Did he give up in the second half? No. Second half adjustments, we were able to hold him to sixty yards in the second half. You do realize holding him to sixty yards, and I did air quotes around that. Yeah, yeah. You realize that's not good, right? Uh, that's pretty it's good against Tyreek Hill. No, it's not. How so? 60 yards and a half is still 120 yards in a game. Mm-hmm. That would lead to an 1,800-yard season. <laughs> that's your, we did better. Hey, you did a lot better. You I mean, by 200 compa- yards in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, by second, my point is the second half went much better for the Buccaneers' defense. They made mm-hmm. their adjustments. They were able to hold him down to like 60 yards in the second half. And Travis Kelsey, they kept him at bay as well. He only had five yards in the second half. So what I'm saying is, you're looking at it from that perspective, obviously we're not going to go back to doing what we were doing in the first half or first quarter of that game. Without tipping my hand as to how I'm going to pick this game on Friday. We all know. You don't. <laughs> you don't know because it really all depends what that number is. Yeah, where the number sits. The most interesting part of this game to me is that the over-under's gone down. That is kind of surprising. It started at 57.5. It's come down to 56.5. And And this is one of those games that's really hard to look at trends because the Sharps throw a lot of money at this. And there's a lot of ancillary money from people that don't bet very often. Right. That can skew a number. Which makes me think... That the sharp money actually makes this, it should have made this line go down further than it has. Because I feel like the lay fan's going to look at this and go, oh, this is going to be 45 42. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you at all. I think it'll be somewhere in the 30s. I don't. I think like a 34 31 kind of game is. Trying my best not to tip my hand of how I think this game is going to go mm-hmm. because we have a whole week to, to analyze right, this. Right. I see almost no chance that I'm not on the under. Okay. It would take something miraculous for me to be on the over. I just look at two really smart quarterbacks that know they have defensive limitations. Mm -hmm. And this strikes me as more of a keep the ball away from the other. Because Pat Mahomes knows they're better when the ball's in his hand. Mm -hmm. And Tom Brady knows they're better when the ball's in his hand. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just don't see this being a track meet up and down the field. I don't envision that happening. We better hope not. Uh, for your sake. Right. If it turns out to be a track if meet, it's we're a track lose meet, that race. you are in trouble. You're going to lose to the cheetah every time. Yeah, because you brought a knife to a gunfight. I don't care what Scotty Miller says. Tyreek Hill will win that race oh, every that is time. One the, that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard somebody say out loud. <laughs> I thought you'd have some choice words about that. One of the fastest humans on planet Earth, and Scotty Miller looks at him and goes, I got to outrun him. Okay, then. Now, that's not what he said. He said he has all the confidence in the world in himself in a race against anybody. Uh, which now is that basically, I'll make it look good. <laughs> yours was the participation trophy of saying what, exactly what I just said. <laughs> That's one of those where if somebody asked, I'd just go, you know, I don't know. Thankfully, I don't run track. So that's not that big a deal. <laughs> I mean, their times weren't weren't that far off. <sighs> yeah. Tyreek's a tenth of a second faster than Scotty. 
which in is, the forties. Which, by the way, is a lot. Oh, I. That's a lot. I understand that. I, that's one of the things that that doing what I do. I've always laughed at, at people that, that that go, "Well, their their forty time was only point one five seconds different." Uh, that's a lot of time. I know it doesn't seem like it because we live in minutes and hours and things like that. Right. When it comes to, I mean, you're only running forty yards. Mm-hmm. A tenth of a second is quite a big deal. Now think about what I'm here to say. So what was Scotty Miller's time? Uh, four point three nine. Yep. Now, just understand that there's there's only seven tenths of a second difference between Scotty Miller and Mackay Beckton, who's six eight three seventy. That's a good point. Yeah, that's. I had an old scout tell me that one time a long time ago. Right. Just understand. Look at the little. Look at the little guy. Look at the biggest guy. Mm-hmm. There's only about seven tenths of a second difference here. Right. So. And yes, in a race, tenths of a second is a hundred percent. Is a lot, absolutely. <laughs> I like Scotty's comment. Oh, by the way, I have to impart this because I have I have heard this, and and I like sharing the information that I've given with all of my friends. Okay, that listen, uh, there is. I, I will describe it exactly how it was told to me. Not a snowball's chance in a very hot place uh-huh. that Chris Godwin is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer next year. I would agree with that. Would you like to hear the name that I've heard oh, could gosh. replace him? Oh, that could replace him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Julian Edelman. I mean, why? We why? already have Scotty Miller. I, I, <laughs> it beats me. It was just specifically said to me, this is how this is going to go. Let's hope that's not the case. That's a very accurate source of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also told me where Chris Godwin was going to go. But in the hopes of not jinxing it, I'm not going to say it out loud. <laughs> Let me guess. It was the New York Jets. I didn't say that. You did? I didn't say that. <laughs> the Jets are going to get end up with everybody. But I think my bell has something to say. Uh, yeah. Khalil Mack. I'm not taking your word on any of I, this. I was right about Khalil Mack. Just, I, I didn't know the Bears were going to come through and go, We'll give you everything! Which We're is, not going to be able to score for a decade. We need him. Which is exactly what I think people should do with Deshaun Watson. But that's oh, good. Stop that. What? I, I, all right. I'm, since you said that, we're gonna we're gonna take a hard right turn here. Okay. Because I am so tired of this. Teams should give up seven ones for Deshaun. Stop that. Mike Tannenbaum was talking about this this morning. By the way, uh, Adam Gold. The way he described Mike Tannenbaum is one of my favorite things I've ever heard in my life. He was a terrible GM, mm-hmm. but he's a decent analyst. Mm-hmm. That is saying something nice to make up for the mean thing you just said, yes. and I can appreciate that. It's a true Southern fashion. I'm a I'm a big fan. I'm of surprise that. coming from a Yankee. That was the "Well, bless your heart" of yep. of sports talk radio, and I was a big fan of it. Yeah, I'm going to say this one more time because I've gotten a hundred questions about this. What would it take for the 49ers to get Deshaun Watson? Uh, an act of God. That's that's as nicely as I can put it. Do you understand that the second and third pick in this draft, I can't rem- I, I meant to look up between shows who said this, mm-hmm. is worth two and a half picks in the teens. Okay. So you're already completely behind the eight ball because you don't have one of those, and two of the teams after him do. Mm-hmm. The Deshaun Watson sweepstakes comes down to one very simple question. 
do the Houston Texans value to a Tonga Vailoa or Sam Darnold? That's it. There's no other question. Carolina Panthers, you're not in on this. Sorry, you're not. <laughs> they, oh, we have the eighth pick. Okay. The Detroit Lions looked at Matt Stafford and went, nope, we need more than eight for him. Mm-hmm. He's almost a decade older than Deshaun Watson. And not because you're not guaranteed anything at eight. No, because there's no way to. All right. Let me put it this way. I'll put it the way that somebody said it to me. If the Texans value, whether it's Devontae Smith with Tua Tungavailoa, which is what I keep hearing it is, by the way, they can't just, they they can't guarantee they're going to do that. Let's say they, they wind up at three with Miami and they want Devontae Smith. They don't know that the Jets aren't going to take him at two. There's no guarantee there. Right. Now, could they really feel good about Jalen Waddell and, hey, you two went to college together, or Jamar Chase or whatever the case may be? Sure, they could. Or they could look at Sam Darnold, who is not that much older than Tua Tagovailoa, and look at two and go, we could do that. You get to eight. I, could, I do this for a living. I couldn't even tell you who they would take at eight because I have zero idea. Obviously, that's going to become much more clear as time goes on. As it sits right now on the first day of February, there are no less than 15 guys I could see going at eight if the Texans pull that off. Mm -hmm. There's a reason they don't want to do that. And, by the way, with that eighth pick that you keep trying to find ways, first of all, Christian McCaffrey is a net negative. I'm going to keep saying that until I I quit getting asked about it. That's one. Two... Uh, from what I've heard, the Texans want two ones, two twos, and two young defensive starters. Who exactly do you think you're going to come off of? Because don't give me, oh, let's see, Dante Jackson, because that's not going to do it. No. It would It'd have be to be Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin. That's where it starts. Or Brian Burns. Yep, that could be it, too. Yeah. But that's where they think they are. That's not where the market is here. Mm-mm. The market for Deshaun Watson, and I got this question a ton of times. Well, Matt Stafford got two ones and a three. Deshaun Watson's going to get five ones. Mm-mm, because you're not looking at this the right way. Matt Stafford, he got one one. That's what it cost to get Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. One. Two years from now. Mm-hmm. Which is not as valuable as a pick this year. If you don't believe me, look at the trade value chart. It will explain it to you. So you're trying to combat two teams that have the highest of draft capital. Right. You're, just to wrap that up, you're saying that Matt Stafford was worth one one. The other one in the three was so they would take on Goff's tra- Garf's contract. Yep. Okay. All right. That's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. And people say, "Oh, they the, they got offered eight by Carolina." You're right. That's my point. That's my whole point. Mm-hmm. Taking on the biggest albatross contract in the league was worth a one and a three. That eight meant so much less than the two three does Mm -hmm. that they didn't even really acknowledge it plus there is something to be said for the fact that they wanted matt stafford to go where he wanted to go which was la Mm -hmm. this deshaun watson thing is one of two teams and i will call my shot on exactly how this deal is going to go okay it's going to be either two or three Mm -hmm. the young quarterback on that team Mm -hmm. one more one and probably a two maybe a three there's not another one coming. Really? You're not getting three ones with two and or three. And no other team in the league has the capital to do it. Mm-hmm. Somebody would, somebody asked me on a show I did last week, what would it cost for, I don't even remember what team it was they asked me about. 
to get Deshaun Watson. Okay, you pick in the twenties, so it would be five or six ones, right? Because you're trying to catch up to a team that has one asset that's worth three of yours. Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't make any sense. It's been Jets Dolphins the whole time. And we can talk in circles of, well, how does the Washington football team get it? They don't. <laughs> they don't get him unless right. you're willing to come off Chase Young, which mm-hmm. I don't think you are. And everyone would advise you against. 100%. Obviously. He's a generational defensive end. Yeah. But that's the only way you're doing this. Mm-hmm. This is a team that is completely bereft of draft capital. And so you want them now to wait two years to to, to recoup all of the assets here? They're not going to do that. No. Not when they have options to not do that. And you've got two teams sitting there quite nicely that both have two ones that can be playing for them next year and maybe not look like them and make them look like an embarrassment for how bad the coaching search has been, how bad the handling of Deshaun Watson has been, how bad everything that's happened in that building has been for the last calendar year. So call your shot. Where are they, where's he going? I'm only willing to say Jets or Dolphins I, because there's no way for me to know that. I, I don't right. know. I, 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 I mean, I don't know Nick Cesario, so I have no mm-hmm. idea which one of these quarterbacks he looks at more favorably. This really breaks down to would he rather have his choice of receiver and Sam Darnold or Tua Tunga Vailoa and roll the dice? And I don't know the answer to that. I know what I would do. Mm-hmm. For me, it's not hard at all. Uh, you get the opportunity to get a top two pick very rarely. And there are a lot of really high-end players at the top of this draft. But, oh, by the way, they're not going into this. With, oh, we'll get Zach Wilson. I, no. I hear that a lot, too. You're not going to do that. No. Because that has a recipe for disaster written all over it. Because there are comps to every quarterback in this draft class that would scare the heebie-jeebies out of you when you're trading the best player in the history of your team. Mm-hmm. You and I've heard get, all the palaver about this, and I'm like, nothing you're saying is making any sense. You have to get some kind of known co- co- known commodity back. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even though Sam Darnold and Tua Tungavailoa are, in my opinion, very unknown commodities right now, because it's obvious you look at the rookie year that Tua just had and go, yeah, I could see where there's a bad path down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at Sam Darnold, and I've always liked his talent. But I can also see a path where this goes south, and he doesn't thrive in a new system or with a new team or whatever. But you're going to take that chance more than you would on, like you said, one of these guys at number two. You take you take a, a quarterback in a deal, and if for whatever for whatever it's worth, this is how this is going to be viewed. Whichever one of those quarterbacks get put in this deal, they're going to be seen as a throw in. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. The highlight of this deal is going to be the ones. The player is ancillary. If if you trade for Tua or you trade for Darnold and they explode and they're awful, that doesn't get you fired. Because a year from now, you have your pick and you can pick whoever you want. Right? Could be Sam Howell. Could be Keaton Slovis, who I'm not high on, but that is what it is. Could be Tyler Shaw. Whatever the case may be. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It is universally agreed on that there is not a two in this draft class. I have yet to talk to one scout that has said, yeah, I feel great about blank. Yeah, There is a big yeah, but behind every one of these. Mm -hmm. And guess what? If you trade the best player in your franchise history for a pick in the top three and you swing and miss and wind up with Achilles Smith light, 
uh, enjoy the unemployment line because that's where you're headed. <laughs> right. Uh, and would just be the next logical step in the deterioration of the Houston Texans franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's it's comical to me that eh, I have several sources spread around the NFL, guys that I've met over time. I do shows in a lot of other markets, and I wind up meeting people like this. Mm-hmm. It is unanimous. There are two guys. There are two teams that can wind up with Deshaun Watson for the reason that I just said. And yet, every day, I hear the Mike Tannenbaum's and that of the world going, "Well, he could wind up with the Redskins if they if they or the Washington Football Team." My apologies. That's the first time I've done that. Mm-hmm. If they'll trade the whole team, and then he's in the exact same situation he's in right now. <laughs> right. And he's obviously shown a preponderance to want to win. That's the reason he wants out of here. And he wants an organization that is intact. And, oh, by the way, I'm really tired of hearing that he can call his shot narrative because that's not 100% true. Okay. No trade clauses don't work in the NFL the way they do in the the NBA. Mm -hmm. Yes, he could reject a trade. He's not going to give them a list of teams and say, this is where I'm going to go. And I keep hearing all these, oh, he prefers the Jets or he prefers the Dolphins. None of that matters. He wants out of Houston. That is the, the land, the, the, the destination is not as big of a deal to him as getting out of Houston is. So he's not going to block any of these unless it's a train wreck. And there's only so many of those in the NFL. Right. He wants out. And to me, I think he looks at those two teams on equal footing. The Jets have a ton of money and we can do whatever I want to. The Dolphins have a ton of talent and a decent amount of money, and we can do pretty much whatever I want to. Mm-hmm. And then we roll on. But you're, this is not going to be some five first-round draft pick trade. It's not going to happen. The NFL has learned. We've done this time and time and time again. And we just watched one of those mistakes get shipped out of town, and it cost two first-rounders to get him four years ago or five years ago. Yep. It took. It cost you a one and a three to get rid of him five years later. Yep. Teams see that and they go, "We're not, we're not doing that." I think it's just something fun for us to talk about in the it media. Is, it is, and it's just mm-hmm. it, it's a big story in a time that we usually don't have any. Usually, we're sitting here breaking down the safety tandems of both teams. <laughs> How are they going to defend in a cover two? Right. And thankfully, this year we don't have to do that. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville, ninety two point nine FM, eight eighty AM and fourteen hundred. We got at least one team has decided, or apparently reportedly decided what they're going to do, or guess what they're not going to do next year at quarterback. We'll give you that up next. You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer, and he's Jeremy Green. And apparently the Chicago Bears are making the right move. Sources are reporting that the decisions being made, they are going to move on from Mitch Trubisky for next season. And I think that's just the best thing I've heard all day. Because I'm not, look, I'm not a Bears fan, but I routinely will root for teams to not make horrible decisions. I'm not as convinced of that as you are. What? That keeping Mitch Trubisky for another year would be a horrible decision? Well, because I don't think the number is quite as big as people think it is. Okay. They're to the point they can move on from Nick Falls if they want to. At the same time, they're another one of those teams that's up against the cap. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't think Trubisky's going to cost you what – some of the numbers I've heard on Trubisky are comical. He's going to get $25 million on the open market. From who? <laughs> There's only six teams in the league that have that much the money. The Broncos, apparently the Broncos are interested in Trubisky. Oh, yeah, that's great. Bring in another quarterback that directly reminds me of the quarterback you already have. <laughs> I mean, there is that. The Broncos were one of the teams in on Stafford, but... Mm-hmm. As I they just, should be. I mean, just, as every team who needs a quarterback should have been. Everyone should have been calling about Matt Stafford. Everyone should have been calling about Deshaun Watson. And we realize that, you know, you're you're not going to be in play for Deshaun Watson if you don't have a massive you know haul to offer. Well, and that's the thing is and you know, I say this like it's definitively going to be the Jets or the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what his thinking is. He has said virtually nothing. Everything I've heard, I just went out of Houston, I could care less. Mm-hmm. Could a team show up and and you know do something ridiculous? Sure. But if Houston has their way, it's the Jets or the Dolphins. But now this is going to be an offseason, and this is another thing people aren't thinking about. Nobody has any money. I mean, you got you've got a team here that is nine figures over the salary cap. Right. That's going to be hard to fix. And you have very limited teams that have a lot of of dollars to spend. And this is not like the NBA, mm-hmm. where you can you know go absorbently over the cap to retain your own guys. That's not how the NFL works. So the, these these big money deals that I keep hearing for guys like Kenny Galladay, the number on Kenny Galladay is going to be way lower than you think it is. So 15? 14 was the number in my head. Okay. So I was thinking he and Godwin will probably get 15. Uh, Godwin will be a little higher than Galladay. There's injury issues with Galladay. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're going to see a lot of that. And these teams like the Jaguars, the Jets, and the Colts that have a lot of money, they're going to be able to do pretty much anything they want to do. People are undervaluing that because you have teams. I mean, you're going to see rosters that the New Orleans Saints are not going to look anything like what you're accustomed to, accustomed to them being. Right. The Pittsburgh Steelers, same way. Bud Dupree, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Alejandro Villanueva, they're walking out the door for nothing mm-hmm. because there is nothing you can do about it. And ben, oh, Ben's going to take a $20 million pay cut. Cool. First of all, I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> Two, that fixes maybe a half your problem. Right. And still does not get you to any of the guys that I just said. Yeah, you, you got a point. I do. I, I do find it hilarious that now everybody's just everybody's future is in question. Like if your name's not Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, you know, Josh Allen, right? There's a very short list of guys who, you know, whose futures are certain for next year. Uh, we'll we'll continue. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. One thing that I have never wanted to own in my life is the toilet seat that belonged to someone else. Yep, I'm out. But apparently... Apparently, uh, a, a World War II artifact is uh, expected to fetch a hefty price at auction coming up real, real soon. Um, apparently, the World War the U.S. soldier from World War II was told that he could take anything he wanted from uh, from a you know the bombed out retreat of uh, Adolf Hitler 
And he decided the one thing he wanted to take was the Fuhrer's personal toilet seat. <laughs> Which I don't understand at all. I, a lot of people didn't. And apparently when Soldier was walking around and he had the toilet seat, carrying the toilet seat, and some fellow soldiers asked him, why did you steal that? He said, where do you think the Fuhrer rested his took us? <laughs> I don't know why you would want that, but apparently he took it home or he had it shipped home and it has lived uh, in his basement. He put it on display in his basement. Now, here's what comes to mind for me. Y- you know, you're working with Ron at the plant. <laughs> and then he comes, he invites you over for dinner and you have dinner. And he's like, hey, would you like to come down to my basement? First off, I'm always a little iffy if you ask me to come to your basement. Second off, if I go down and see the shrine of Adolf Hitler's toilet seat, I think I'm going to be a little put off by that. The thing that blows my mind is what they're expecting it to fetch at auction. Yeah, they are expecting it to go for uh, up to 15,000 pounds at auction. Which translates to like, what, 20 grand? I 20,000 US dollars. I've learned I don't understand the conversion chart I, on any form of money. I don't do conversion charts, so I, I don't know. I mean, I could put it in Google. That's the best I got for you. <laughs> All I know is there are more dollars to pounds, to British pounds. I have wanted to tell this story for a week. A car thief who found a toddler in the backseat of a stolen vehicle drove back and chastised the mother for leaving the child unattended before taking off again in the vehicle that he stole. <laughs> this was in Beaverton, Oregon. The woman, the mother went into the grocery store about 15 feet from the car Saturday, uh, and this was a week ago Saturday, leaving her four-year-old child inside with the engine running and the vehicle unlocked. A store employee told authorities the woman was in the market for a few minutes before someone began driving away with her SUV. Once the thief realized the toddler was in the back seat, he drove back to the store, berated the woman for leaving her child unattended, told the woman to take the child, and drove away in the stolen vehicle. <laughs> so he still stole the car. Yes, he it. stole it twice. <laughs> he stole the car two times. And then actually threatened to call the cops on her. <laughs> That's the best. That's my favorite part of that story. Like, I would kill to know how that call was going to go. Uh, uh, police department? I just stole a car, and this woman left her kid in it. And, and you know what? I feel like something should be done about that. That is definitely weird, but but think about it. Aren't we all thankful that's how this played out? Oh, 100%. Okay, all right. I, I just... I, I'm at a point in life where people do things, and I feel like you should have to justify it. Right. Like, in what world did you go, well, I stole a car. First of all, how did you not notice there was a child in it? Mm -hmm. But you stole the car, you came back around, and as opposed to just, oh, I don't know, putting the car in park and running away, nope, I'm still stealing the car. But I'm going to tell you what you did wrong. Right. (laughs) That's a that's a thief with a conscience. I like it. Some crimes are not equal to other crimes, and you know, I guess, I guess that's in the eye of the beholder as to what crimes are better. The vehicle was found a few hours later in Portland. The thief is still at large. Ah, probably thinking I shouldn't have done that. They're gonna find me. Yeah. At what point are you driving down the road going? Well, that wasn't smart. Uh, 
of all the things I could have done, now she can identify my voice and my face. So yep. maybe I should not have done that. But you still stole the car. Yeah, yeah, my question yeah, yeah. is: Does he get? Does does this person get charged with? Uh, they do say it's a man in the story. That's the only thing they. Okay. There was no physical description. Mm-hmm. Does he get charged with Grand Theft Auto two times? Because I think he should. No, I think just the just no. the one. No, just the- no. <laughs> we have to set an example here. You do ten more years for your 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 your, but, your opinion. But he did a good thing. I well, he was doing the bad thing. So don't hit him twice for the bad thing. Let's knock one of those off for good behavior. Right? Mm-hmm. That's how this works. No, no. There were other ways you could have done that. What? I don't know what they left the kid I've on the side st- of the road. I've put never a stolen a car. I don't know. <laughs> don't steal cars. <laughs> I mean, that is the moral of every story. Don't steal cars. Don't steal cars. And the worst uh, story that you could that's tell good. your children is Goldilocks and the Three Bears. That's, this is. That, I'm telling you right now. That, it, Colin Cowherd always had "Don't do meth." I'm gonna, mine's going to be "Don't steal cars." Mm-hmm. I, I'm adopting that right now. <laughs> don't steal cars. Well, good for you. Don't steal anything, frankly. Nothing? No. No? I, I feel like that was a like weird not response even the, to that. Like, not even like the little pieces of candy that are just sitting there at the dentist office? That's not... But uh, It is if you take more than one. <laughs> there are so Come many, there are so Come, many I'm jokes. I'm trying to bait you into it, and you're just not... There are so many jokes here. You're just not playing with me. All right. Tank was the only child that ever asked the receptionist at his dentist's office to make him a uh, a turkey dinner. <laughs> right. Like, the candy is not enough for me. I need an actual spread. <laughs> I mean, the candy's lovely, but... What you got for lunch back there? I know you got a sandwich back yeah, there. What, You're holding out on me, Gloria. What, what, what did you bring for lunch? I'm, I'm going to need you to... Uh, I'm going to need some I'm going to need some of that. <laughs> All right. I was the, I was the reason that they took those uh, little open candy dispensers out of stores. By the way, remember the little Brock's displays that they had back in the day? No, no, I don't like candy. Oh, see, you're weird, fat kid. I forgot. Yeah, I don't like candy. Yeah, I will say this, uh, and this is going to tell you just exactly how strange my culinary habits are. Mm-hmm. At the beach, all the seafood we could possibly eat. Do you know what my one like really guilty pleasure was? What? So we came back. We, we went out one of the nights we were down there. We we came back and and late night, my wife had stopped at the deli and gotten some really good sandwich meat. Okay. And I made what might be the first three thousand calorie sandwich in the history of time. <laughs> I'm gonna have to hear it. What were the ingredients? Uh, sadly enough, just meat, cheese, and Duke's mayonnaise. That's. I think it was actually a Duke mayonnaise sandwich. Like, oh. I think if you listed the ingredients by volume of sandwich, <laughs> it was a Duke's mayonnaise sandwich, not a ham what, and or cheese. What did you do? Like ham mayonnaise, ham mayonnaise. Well, ham. Here's, here's what I learned uh, after a beverage or two, copious uh, amounts. You might go a little heavy-handed on the mayonnaise. Okay. I woke up the next morning and went. Hmm. I taste mayonnaise. <laughs> when you can still taste it the morning after. I did. I, did. I looked at my wife and I said, did I eat something with mayonnaise on it? Yes, you did. Yeah, uh, an ungodly sandwich. Yeah, and, and, no, and apparently. Maybe you need to have your cholesterol checked. Uh, actually, weird thing about me, cholesterol's always been good. Blood pressure's always been good. 
Until the I'm mayonnaise just, sandwich. I'm just well, well, man. After that, it probably it might have peaked a little bit. But <laughs> I've always actually been in reasonably good health, in spite of the fact that I'm <clears throat> a little a little on the bigger side. Porky. But, <laughs> <laughs> let me did I hurt let, you let, with that let, one? Let, let me get this straight. <laughs> a man whose entertainment industry career started in a movie called Heavyweights, right. just called Me Porky. I did. This might be the bottom of the barrel. Like I, I feel like I need to talk to someone now. <laughs> I find it funny that the Green Bay Packers are actually having to come out and say, no, we want Aaron Rodgers to stay around. He's part of our plan moving forward. Well, I mean, you did this to yourself. You took Jordan Love in mm-hmm. the first round. I mean, like, how exactly did they think that was going to go? If you remember, I said this on draft night. Like, what is your exit strategy here? Right. The days of drafting the future quarterback, those are done. The, the Aaron Rodgers taking the, the the baton from Brett Favre, mm-hmm. we're done with that. And do you know why? Why? Because we have this thing now called social media where everybody has an opinion and we can throw them out there and every t- small mistake is blown up. No, it would never work now. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is one of the problems I have with Trey Lance. I only like Trey Lance in one destination. I've tried to put him in with every other team I could think of. I like him in Carolina. I don't like him anywhere else. Okay. But you say if if Carolina drafts him, that process can't work of having because him that's Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy? That's Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm telling you right now, the fan base would start clamoring for Trey Lance way earlier than you want. Oh, I'm to. sure they would because they're ridiculous. Because somewhere out there, there is somebody somewhere, and I I don't know, you know how much paint this person had to consume, but there is a person somewhere that is going, if we just trade Aaron Rodgers to start Jordan Love, we'd wind up in the Super Bowl. <laughs> There's a, there, that guy, I, that, that that man, woman, child, whatever, is out there somewhere. I, I know say that. you're wrong, but uh, you're not. Go to Twitter. That's all you got to do. Just go to Twitter and get lost in that stream of imagination oh, for a while. No. I can't. I get... I, I can't get caught up in webs like that. My 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 wife has routinely said that my process with social media is I will do it until it makes me so angry that I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And Twitter is better for that than any other application. I feel like Facebook, a... you at least know the people. Mm-hmm. Twitter, it's almost like it just throws things against the wall and sees what <laughs> sticks. True. I think that whoever created Facebook, I think there's an algorithm that is specific. I, I hope it's specific to me and not to other people. I think they take the 20 stories that could make me the angriest and they pin those to the top of my newsfeed and go, I'm going to make you read them. They do. Uh, those are called algorithms. I, I, you, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm the one having to explain no, no, no. this to you. I, I understand that. Okay. What I'm saying is that I never, like, I get on Twitter and it is instantaneously like, what is the dumbest thing somebody said today? And we're going to put that one number one. <laughs> Like, I think that's how my algorithm works. What will make him the most angry Ooh. right now? Ooh, would it be like uh, like this little nugget today from uh, Devin McCourty? Devin McCourty says that uh, he would not mind having Cam Newton back as his quarterback next year. Uh, yep, that would be a contender for the stupidest thing you'll hear anybody say today. <laughs> said he thought he had a tough situation coming in with no offseason, no anything like that. No talent. This is a guy who won an MVP, took a team to a Super Bowl. He would be happy with Cam Newton coming back to be his quarterback next year. And I went, you're an idiot. 
Uh, you're. I, I didn't even go that way. You're lying. You are lying out loud to someone's face. You're just trying to look good. Because he likes Cam Newton, is that why? Someone put a microphone in his face, and he went, I am going to look you dead in the eyes and lie to you. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to catch balls from the quarterback. Uh, no, he, actually, Devin McCourty probably caught more balls from Cam Newton than anybody in a Patriots uniform. Oh, ring he that did, bell. He did, he did play defense against Cam Newton <laughs> he in practice. did in practice. And I think was one that picked him off like four times in one day. Yeah, Cam throws a very good spiral. Unfortunately, he threw it to me more than he ever threw it to Julian Edelman. Or how about this stupid little nugget from earlier today on social media that the 49ers are looking to trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Minnesota Vikings for Kirk Cousins. These make me so angry because I know exactly how you came up with this. And I'm sure somebody somewhere, we all get told things that we look at and go, that's not true. Mm -hmm. And we just don't, just don't say it. Don't try to be first. Try to be right. And the, where they're reading the tea leaves is that Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins were both in Washington together. And now, oh, even you do realize that if they wanted Kirk Cousins, there was a much easier time to do this than right now. Makes, Zero sense. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. How about the theory that was uh, put out there for discussion that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford? Uh, the, the, I don't. I, I try to not uh, yell, uh, <laughs> especially the day after I come back from vacation, and that one makes me want to yell a lot. <laughs> I don't I don't understand like we're we're just seeing completely different games here people. Well it's like, it's just like Stephen A Smith. He goes on this big rant about how Jared Garf and Matt Stafford are very close talent-wise mm-hmm. and this didn't actually make the Rams any better. Stephen A, buddy, I respect your opinion most of the time. That tells me one thing definitively. You have never watched not one second of tape in your life because if you did you would see that that makes absolutely zero sense. Mm-mm. There is zero doubt. You can't. I mean, I'm I'm an idiot when it comes to studying tape and stuff like that. I just don't do it, and I don't have that X's and O's mind. But I can look at a film of Matthew Stafford and go, his mechanics are way better. His arm is way better. Arm is way his better. His accuracy is way better, especially downfield. His ability to call the plays was way better. He was given much more leeway at the line of scrimmage, and uh, his coach did not have to put training wheels on the offense for him to run it, mm-hmm. which I've been told by two separate people about Jared Garf. And when I watch it, it kind of looks very similar to that's true. Right. Because he can't, his eyes are not disciplined enough to be an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I got news for you. I've been doing this a long time. I've never seen anybody fix that. I've never seen anybody that had bad eye discipline. By the way, that's why I had Carson Wentz ahead of him the year that he came out. Still maintain I'm right about that. Don't care that he went to a Super Bowl. Don't care that Carson, Carson Wentz won one. Don't care that he was the backup. Okay. I just I, I don't understand what it is that people see. And this is going to be one of those years that I, I'm, I'm going to level you. You're going to see starters week one next year that some people are going to go, what is happening? I, a guy that I will guarantee you, I will bet a dollar to a donut on what I'm getting ready to say. Tyrod Taylor is a starter in the NFL next year. How did I know this? And guess what? Getting ready to say. He should be. He should be. 
when you look at the number of quarterbacks that are going out, whether it's Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, on and on down the line, I don't know how many more there's going to be. Mm-hmm. And how many quarterbacks just shouldn't be starters in the NFL looking at you, Gardner Minshew? You get to a point where you don't have enough butts to fill all the seats mm-hmm. in the game of musical chairs. And there are teams that look at Tyrod Taylor and the way he handled the Justin Herbert thing last year. And if they're planning on going young quarterback, he is the perfect bridge because he is obviously a good teammate. If he wasn't, last year would have been a problem. I mean, because this is a guy that they almost killed. I mean, really think about what I just said. They didn't mm-hmm. just bench him. Right. He was benched because they almost paralyzed yeah, him. They stabbed him in the lungs. And they said, and he said nothing. He was the perfect teammate. And that's a guy that's going to get a starting job. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a super safe quarterback. He's probably going to have one of these rookies behind him. But at the end of the day, that's a guy that's going to wind up with a starting job. So like a New Orleans? Uh, I don't know what New, New Orleans makes my head hurt. If I was a New Orleans Saints fan right now, I would have to just put my fingers in my ears and I'll see in September because right. I don't know. I mean, you're $100 million of the cap. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a, a hurdle that I don't know how you get over. And there are a lot of teams facing that. To Rod Taylor. Mm. With the Broncos? The Broncos are a team that I don't even try to figure out what they're doing. They've been in on every quarterback. I have yet to see a quarterback that will be available that they are not at least at some point interested in. Right. And then John Elway constantly says, but we still believe in Drew Locke. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. You, you, I don't believe you. No, those two I things, don't believe you. Right, those two things can exist at the same time. And that was, you know, that was kind of my point last week, talking about Jared Goff. Turned out they were able to get away, get get out from under that guy. You can get out from underneath any contract you want to. Jared Goff just proved it. How does, yeah, right. So what does Philadelphia do now? Because they got uh, I mean, they find a way to ship Carson Wentz out, right? Other than teach their new head coach how to speak good, uh, it, because because <laughs> they, uh, they need to do that quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah, you, the, the I, explanation of how they're going to win was not whoa. well executed. Yikes! That was not good. But we got to have a plan, and 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 sometimes that plan needs to be easy. But I mean, complicated for others, but yeah, easy for it us. It needs to be easy for us, but. Tough for them. Right. So we're going to do it in a code. Right. That's what I kept waiting for him to say. <laughs> we're going to call everything in code. Threat level midnight. Nick Sirianni, he he did not have the greatest of first impressions I in will his say, uh, press conference. I will say, for a year that we've had this many coaching hires, the, half of them came into the press conference and just either outright lied or were crazy people. Dan Campbell was a crazy person. He started talking about taking chunks out of people's kneecaps. Yes, he did. Nick Sirianni, I'm convinced, didn't know what he was going to say three seconds before it came out of his mouth, (laughs) which was unsettling because he kept looking at notes. Because you have systems in place, and those systems will make us better. And then David Gully gets the Texans job, and he doesn't want to just come out and go, I was the first guy that said yes. (laughs) They offered a lot of times. I wouldn't have taken this job if I didn't know that Deshaun Watson was going to be here. This this would have been like, literally the Houston Texans were like the, the NFL version of me as The Bachelor. I keep trying to give roses, and they're like, nah, I'm good. I, I think I'll pass. Why did you come out here? Ah, free one. 
There was a lot of free wine, strawberries, like California. Good on TV. But I but I don't want to date him. I would I am good. Yeah, I'm, I'm out on that. I think we can all agree with that. Bingo. That's, that's, that's I got a way very, to be. I got very lucky with my beautiful wife. And I am very sure to uh, remind her of that every day. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. We got a monkey knife fight coming up next. Uh, it's time for a monkey knife fight. Monkeyknifefight.com. Go create your account today and on your initial investment. Monkeyknifefight.com will match it up to $50 as well as give you a $5 free play just for using the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, at monkeyknifefight.com. Now, glad the pick man is back. He can give us one that you can rely on. Yeah, and I've got a week full of Super Bowl props in this segment nice. monkey knife fight is this week doing a special promo that if you play any of their games for the super bowl between 4 and 6 p.m monday through friday they're going to accelerate what they will pay out so my game today is the rapid fire two by two three point two eggs multiplier which is considerably more than it usually is mm-hmm. i'm taking tom brady plus 30 and a half passing yards against patrick mahomes tyreek hill plus two and a half yards against travis kelsey I'm shocked that Travis Kelsey is the the favorite in that. We do understand Tyreek Hill had one of the 15 best games in NFL history against the same team earlier this year. Which means they won't let it happen again. Or there's nothing they can do about it, or they would have done it the first time. <laughs> now, come on, man. Like I said, numbers tanked after the first quarter. Uh, and tanked is he had 60 yards in the second half. Yeah, give me Brady and Tyreek Hill. That will take your $10 buy-in and turn it into a $32 prize. Promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, at monkeyknifefight.com. Follow, like, and share the Sportsocracy on all the social medias at the Sportsocracy. It's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. We'll be back here tomorrow on ESPN Asheville at 3.